Today on the Master Builders Podcast, I'm joined by Carl Braithwaite, owner of Catalyst Construction, along with one of his team members, Jason Helsby. Jason was the Auckland Regional winner of the Apprentice of the Year competition, moving on to the national finals where he was the runner-up. Jason gives us great insight into what's involved in applying and participating in the Apprentice of the Year competition, and also how he built lifelong friendships being involved with the other apprentices. We also get insight from from Carl on why he chooses to invest in developing his apprentices, turning them into great tradespeople, and the benefit that is delivering to him at Catalyst Construction. All right, Carl and Jason, hey, welcome along to the Master Builders podcast. Great to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for having us. Yeah, hey, look, looking forward to learning, Jason, about your journey on Apprentice of the Year last year. Uh, you had a, a good run in there and achieved some pretty epic results, so we're interested to learn about your journey there. And Carl, also your uh, insight as a construction company owner around what it's like to have apprentices, what the involvement in the apprentice of the year was like um, for you as the owner. Um, but before we dive into those good details, how about I throw a few um, fast fact questions at you? Um, so are you breakfast or dinner guys? Jason, what's your, what's your go-to? Uh, I definitely enjoy a good hot breakfast. Nice. Yeah, it sets you up yep. for a, uh, a day of physical activity. Yeah, that's it. So like yeah, it. bacon and eggs, always a good go-to. Oh, good man. And do you cook that yourself or have you got someone that uh, delivers that to you? Definitely on the weekdays, I cook my own breakfast, but... Uh, sometimes a bit, get a bit lucky on the weekends. Yeah, good man. Partner looks after me. Awesome. And Carl, how about you? Yeah, I guess um, yeah, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, isn't it? So yeah, I enjoy a good breakfast. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you say no to a good uh, dinner with your friends and that as well. So it's always yeah. good. To, yeah, but the social social interaction goes uh, pretty good with food as well, doesn't it? Okay, and what about on holiday, guys? Are we likely to find you uh, hanging out on the uh, pool lounge or relaxing, or are you going to be bungee jumping? Jason, how are you? Uh, personally, I'd definitely, uh, I'd definitely get out there, get active and do as much as I can, make most of it. Yeah, cool. Cal? Yeah, I'm definitely an active sort of guy. like to be out there sort of doing the stuff, but um, lounging by the pool sounds pretty good, but those <laughs> young kids of mine don't allow that. <laughs> no, no, you're a, uh, a couple of decades away from being able to get back and relax at the pool lounger, mate. Sorry to tell you. Yeah, so okay. one day. An important question for you guys, cats or dogs? What's your preference, Jason? Uh, dogs, hundred percent. Nice, good man. Cal. Oh, look, I'd, I'd have to say both, mate. Our house has got two cats, <laughs> and a dog, so I love them all. So yeah, right, Doctor Doctor Doolittle. And uh, yeah. are any of them allowed on site? No, no. Health and safety not allowed to anymore. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit of a bit of a shame. Is it? it was always a, the the good old days when you used to head to site, and there was always uh, one of the tradies had a had a dog either roaming around or in the back of the back of the ute. But oh, um, yeah. I guess for all the right reasons now, uh, we don't see that too much. No, our, our Labrador would love to come on site each day, but yeah, he's got to stay home. So yeah, bugger. Alrighty, and uh, early rises or night owls? And I'll, let me ask this question in uh, in the sense of what naturally comes to you, because I know uh, most of our construction teams are up early on site getting stuff done but what comes naturally to you early riser or, or night owl jason uh personally i'm definitely a night owl i i do struggle with my early mornings but um obviously with uh with our trade it's required so i do my best <laughs> nice but a, a couple of cheeky sleep-ins on the weekend yeah definitely good one how about you cal uh you definitely early riser yeah sort of more a morning person than a night so generally if it gets too late the I'll be falling asleep on the couch. 
<laughs> okay, we won't uh, we won't dive into what that means for your uh, relationship with your wife, mate. With your wife falling asleep at night, we'll we'll leave that one alone. All right, guys, let's uh, let's dive into uh, Catalyst Construction, the company that um, Carl you own and Jason you're you're working for. Um, can you give us a bit of insight, Carl? You know, what's your focus in the with Catalyst? Um, yeah, so we sort of mainly <coughs> residential. We sort of do new homes and renovations. So. Um, we do a little bit of light commercial, but I would say most of our, 95% of our work is residential. I've got a team of nine guys, six builders um, and three apprentices usually going. Usually two to three jobs happening at once. Yeah, depend, I guess depending on the size of the project is how many we'll try and do in a year. Sort of a couple of our larger projects which have won awards in House of the Year, they've sort of taken sort of 12 to 18 months to do, a pro, to do one project whereas some of our smaller renovations you could do, you know, two or three of them within a year. So yeah, sure. I think it's depending what's coming in the books and what's sort of in the pipeline and then we sort of just adjust and do the work as as it comes through. Mm. And Carl, do you still get your hands dirty or are you uh, made the transition from builder to business owner? Um, pretty much made the transition. You know, I still like to get on site and try and get the hands dirty, but every time you sort of try and put the tool belt on, you have to leave somewhere to go do something. So it sort of doesn't come out very often anymore. Um, I think uh, you know, important. Moving forward, I may have to. Yeah, and I think an important, important yeah. transition, right? You can't be, uh, you can't be all things to all people. So, uh, you know, running the running the business and making sure the jobs are coming in and then being coordinated, critical critical elements, so that then the um, the team that are still keen to get calluses on their hands can. Uh, uh, keep operating 100 percent yeah yeah that's right i'm pretty lucky i've got a good team of guys on the ground to sort of take care of the stuff day to day so mm. whereas i can sort of take care of the background and keep the workflow coming through take yeah. care of the business side of it. perfect and cal what uh, attracted you to the building industry initially how long have you been involved um uh, i guess grew up with it my dad um was sort of block layer kind of by trade and he built a lot of our own homes when we were younger so sort of always been around it um, when I left school it was quite hard to get an apprenticeship so I sort of did a few other things I worked in the forestry and on boats sort of dive master mm -hmm. and dive instructing and chartering so um, and then yeah got into the building apprenticeship so I've always been in it but then did a lot of travel so once I was qualified, my wife and I did a lot of travel around the world, which the New Zealand qualification comes in really handy for. Yeah. And then um, come home, settled and worked for a few good companies in New Zealand and then eventually went out on my own and just a one-man band and slowly built it up from there to mm. what we've got now. We've got a pretty good team going, so very happy yeah. with yeah. Nice one. But decided to uh, leave the block laying aside. It looks like too much like hard work, the old block laying, isn't it? Carrying those big concrete blocks <laughs> yeah, around site. Yeah. Saw what damage it was doing to the old man's back. So, yeah. Oh, I tell you, I... Um, <laughs> Come from a building family myself. My dad was a was a builder for um, uh, I guess uh, thirty five years or so, and uh, saw lots of block layers in my time around there. And tell you what, they had uh, they had big guns from all that lifting, but it looked like pretty hard work to me. Oh, yeah, it is definitely. Yeah. Okay. And Jason, tell us, uh, you mate, what uh, got you interested in the in the building game, and how did you kind of first transition into it? Uh, well, it's actually a funny story. I didn't 
coming out of high school, I knew that university wasn't for me, but I never, you know, I, I wasn't sure about what I wanted to do. And I have to be honest, building like wasn't really on the cards for me. I, I never even considered it. But um, yeah, one day a mate just uh, called me up and he said, I know a guy who's looking for an apprentice. Do you want to come give it a go? So I thought, you know, what's the harm? And I could enjoy it. And yeah, after that, I sort of never looked back. I just enjoyed it so much that, yeah, I just signed up and that was me. Awesome. And was that with Carl, that, that opportunity? Uh, no, so I actually started my apprenticeship in the Bay of Pliny in Papatani with the, I was actually the first apprentice to, to the guy that I started working for. Right. And um, yeah, I did two years there and then my partner studying in Auckland and I decided to make the move while they were up here. Cool. All right. Yeah. And what was it that you uh, enjoyed initially? It obviously it kind of grabbed you when you first got involved in, in building. What was it that uh, you enjoyed so much? Uh, I'm very much a practical person, so I like hands-on approach to work and um, just the, the problem solving and the people skills involved in, in the trade I really enjoyed. And also just uh, being able to see your finished product once you're done. You know, it's, it's so satisfying walking through a house that, you know, you've put so much work into and um, seeing the final product is just awesome, yeah. Oh, totally. Look, I can certainly appreciate that when you're getting to the end of the day and you stand back and actually see what you've done with your uh, your day's work. I think for uh, some of us that maybe spend a bit more time doing, uh, what would we say, less hands-on work, uh, sometimes you get to the end of the day and you go, damn, what did I achieve today? But uh, the builder always knows, uh, can see what, the, what they've got achieved. So that's, that's very cool. And Cal, tell us um, your, your thoughts. You know, I guess there's uh, different approaches with different construction companies. Some go, hey, look, I'm not going to put the time and effort into training apprentices. I'll let someone else do that and I'll try and grab them a bit later. What was it about you and Catalyst where you decide that uh, the investment in apprentices is a, is a good option for you guys as a company? Yeah, I am sort of obviously was trained myself once upon a time. So and if we don't have companies or builders in their training up the staff, we're not going to have you know the staff coming through. So you know, I'm a, quite a firm believer in giving back to the industry so guys once upon a time put the effort into me to teach me so I'm you know, like I said I think it's a good idea to put the investment into other guys and sort of pass it on so you know I guess um, taking on apprentices you know you can tailor their skill set to your company if you like um, you can train them you know how you like things done and they work in your company and then sort of as you come out the other end you know, you get a, a good rail wound that sort of tradesman at the other end that you know, hopefully sticks around and puts a bit of time back into the company. So it was very hard to get tradesmen and it still is. So if you can train them through and keep them on, you know, you get the return on the investment eventually. Great. But uh, you look, I really appreciate that uh, value of giving back and realizing that someone invested time, money and effort into you at one stage. And now it's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to, for you to do that for someone else, uh, which clearly you've done with, with Jason. Um, Cal, give us some insight. What are the things that you would most look for? And, you know, not just an apprentice, but people that are joining the Catalyst team. What are the things that uh, you think are important? Uh, I think guys who obviously presentable and sort of can communicate well, uh, they need to be trusted worthy because clients are inviting us into their homes so um, and they're trusting us with a lot so if they 
you know, open to learning, especially with the way the modern apprenticeship is. Like they do a lot of on-site training, but there's also a lot of book work in the background, which they need to have the um, get up and go to do them themselves. Guys who are enthusiastic, you know, because eventually you don't expect them to know everything. So that's why they're there. So you can train them, but they just got to be willing to learn and show up with a good attitude. Yep, that attitude is always the critical piece, isn't it? We can uh, easily teach the skill, but the uh, attitude piece is key. Uh, Jason, what, yes. were you, what were you looking for in um, joining uh, Catalyst? What, what kind of environment were you looking for? What kind of team around you? What, was, what interested you in joining the Catalyst team? Um, well, looking for a new company, obviously, the people you're working with is really big. You know, you want a good team environment, which we definitely have at Catalyst. Get on with all the guys, you know, a nice bunch of guys. So that's a major for me. Also, the, the type of work. I started my apprenticeship doing a lot of group housing. So I learned all the basics really quickly and I got them hammered into me. But I was sort of looking to move up to more upscale work. Um, yes. Like Carl's working on. Yeah, that was, that was also a big, big one for me, trying to um, develop my skills into more upscale work. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, more more complex work. You like it. And from a, um, your, you know, Carl talked about the requirement for you to do a lot of work, uh, book work and, you know, your coursework in, uh, alongside the on-site work that you're doing. Um, tell us what that's meant from your perspective, how much has been involved and how have you dealt with the motivation to not only do a full day's work, but then also hit the books after afterwards um i think the motivation for me was always the end goal of becoming qualified you know becoming a tradesman so that was always something i was working towards and i found that um coming to catalyst carl was always there to offer his help and um also the tradesmen we worked with you know they training you not only on site but they can give you um like knowledge skill as well so they can teach you um all the skills you really need to learn and then you just need to be willing to go home and put the effort in on the books at night yeah well done mate it's uh it's a fantastic you can do that and did the uh, catalyst team did they have any like little initiations for the apprentice did they nail your tool bag to the floor or you know hide your lunch or anything was there any of that carry on uh, i'll have to be honest i was definitely watching my back but you know the boys looked after me they were good oh sounds like you got off pretty light there uh jason yeah, or maybe that maybe they were a bit wary of what you do in return so that was a, that's a good result <laughs> yeah that's it that's it you never know the boy, boy from down the line you know, know exactly yeah yeah those boys from fokatani got to keep an eye on them yeah um, nice one. And look, you decided to enter Apprentice of the Year. Whose idea was that? Was that something you'd become aware of, Jason? You were keen to enter or was it, was it Carl? Did that come from you? So I actually entered two years in a row. I entered 2018 as well. And um, I was interested because I'd seen ads for it on Facebook. So I was thinking about it. And then the one day Carl came to fight and he, you know, he said, what do you think about it? He spoke to one of the tradesmen I was working with at, at the time and um, we sort of um, made the decision that I would I would enter. It was something I was really keen on and I think Carl just uh, bringing it up to me sort of made my decision for me. Okay. Yeah, and then obviously um, having done the competition in 2018, I really enjoyed it. So I thought, you know, it's going to be my last year I can enter. I'm definitely going to go for it in 2019. Cool. And what's the uh, application process for uh, getting involved with uh, Apprentice of the Year? Was that, was that easy? How did that work? Yeah, I found it very easy. Um, it was just an online process. So, um, you know, there's a few stages to the application. Um, obviously, all your basic details and all that. Um, a letter of recommendation from your training advisor and your employer. A written submission. And, um, yeah, just a little bit about yourself and why you think you have what it takes to be the best. 
Yeah, yeah I, I found it a very easy, um, very easy application process. Right. So uh, certainly probably some apprentices sitting at home at the moment whilst we're in uh, COVID-19 lockdown that could use a bit of time to do their online process if they were keen to get involved. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long and it's, it's just so worth it. Yeah. Okay. So kind of three parties involved, obviously yourself, um, Carl, and then your, your training advisor. So that was your BCITO person. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Mike Sosa from BCITO. Yeah. Okay. Great. And tell us just about kind of the journey of the competition. So you did your application process. Uh, what happens next? Do you get a notification to say you've been selected to go to a, a next stage and what does that next stage look like? Yes. Yeah, so I believe if I remember correctly, um, once you've done all your application process, there's a uh, practical element, which uh, is a two-hour practical where you go to a Cardiff branch near you and um, you're given a set of plans and some timber and you're told, make this as best you can. So, um, right. yeah, I found that really good experience too. That was um, real good fun. Okay. And well within your capability, given what you'd already learned on site and through your training? Yeah, definitely. Um, plan reading is a big skill, um, very important to carpenters. So if you can read a plan, um, that's sort of... Yeah, what what they're testing you on? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty good place to start out. It's not not too good if you can't read the plan. End up building the, building the bedroom in the long wrong location. <laughs> yeah going to be too uh, too heavy okay and so you went through that practical and like how many other were, were you doing that with a group of apprentices at the time or was it just you at the branch how did that work yeah um and the 2019 competition i think there were 24 apprentices at that stage so that was held over two different Cardiff branches yeah just over 10 people per branch and um you early on you get to meet a few other guys that are sort of at the same stage as you and yeah and you just put your skills to the test and yeah okay and that's done at a regional level. So you did it in Auckland with the Auckland apprentices, and then this is happening all around the country. Is that what is that what happens? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So okay. um, yeah, I think there's uh, ten different regions, and um, yeah, everyone from that region who's entered uh, yeah compete. Okay. So after that initial at the Carters branch, we did the plan reading, did some uh, practical. What what was the next stage in the competition? From there, they cut it down. To top 10 I think and you go through another um, another stage which is site visit a formal interview and um, yeah from there they they um, they you know assign points for each uh, each part and then choose the uh, first second and third all right so that so the team the catalyst team said nice things about you when when the site visit happened yeah I had to agree a few palms but yeah right but were, all you, nice. were, you, were you on the coffee run for the rest of the month after that one Oh, rest of the year. <laughs> rest of the year. Jeez, tough crew. Yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Nice oh, one. Good bunch of guys, but awesome. a tough bargain. Yeah, yeah. As, oh, that's all about leverage, right? You've got to, got to uh, utilize yeah. the leverage. And Carl, how yeah, about right. for you? Did you have any um, involvement in the Apprentice of the Year process? Um, yeah, like I, I'm pretty heavily involved with um, Master Builders and sort of what we do. So I was fully aware of the competition prior to Jason being in it. I was judging it. But right. once he entered, I wasn't allowed, so sure. of conflict of interest, so I, was, I stepped aside. But yeah, with the application, you know, I thought Jason would do well. So I think neither of us had touched base on it. But then when I approached him and said, oh, would you be interested? He obviously, had, like you said, he'd been thinking about it. So it's pretty, as an employer, you know, you've got a the letter to do and then you've obviously got to make yourself available for the site visit and I helped Jason where I needed to through the process but it's pretty much apprentice driven once they've decided to apply for it 
um, and their applications. And like Jason said, he did the practical and then it was cut down to the top 10. Then he did his interview and the site visit is once again is sort of when you get a bit of face-to-face with the judges and they go through the site and just sort of ask, you know, what's Jason been involved on here? Can you show us the work he's been doing? So as an employer, it's you know good to be there and help them, but there's not um, a lot other than you know, the initial letter and then the site visit really. So it's just sort of been in the background to help him if mm-hmm. need be. So it's not too onerous on your time as an owner, uh, getting involved in uh, helping no, the process? Um, and and you know, I've sort of wanted to help him. So if it's pretty much apprentice driven. So yeah, the owner doesn't have to invest too much time. And so Jason, from your problem. from your perspective, not too um, time intensive either. Obviously, you had your um, session at, at the Carters branch, but um, in terms of other apprentices who might be thinking getting involved, you'd be saying to them, hey, look, go for it. It's not too onerous. Yeah, I think um, you definitely get out what you put into it. So right. uh, there there is a written submission that, you know, I spent quite a bit of time on personally. But, you know, it's not time consuming. Like if you're used to doing your books when you get home, you know, it takes no more time than than that. Only a couple of hours on a written submission. That for what you get out of it, that's nothing. Awesome. Great job. And what about the process did you most enjoy? About the whole process, definitely um meeting all the guys, especially in the national finals. You know, it's um sort of made friends for life there. You're always um, you know, comparing um methods of how we do things and talking about not only industry like industry related things but also just personal things we're all mates now so Correct. yeah i found that awesome yeah cool and where did the national final take place uh that was held in auckland so home turf for me yeah it was held at uh, the asc showgrounds right and what did you have um, to do yeah, in that, the elements there uh, so that consisted of another small written submission uh, a, a lot smaller this time so that only took me about half an hour that one and um then you, you start off with the formal interview with uh, a panel of four judges and yeah then the next day we did i think it was a 16 hour practical so it was over two days we did a, right. a practical event wow yeah and what did that involve what were you doing in the practical um so this one was on a, a much larger scale than the regional practical uh we we're given plans for a pirate ship which was um to be donated to local schools cool yeah yeah so um yeah, definitely a lot of plan reading on that. Um, there are a few bits and pieces, you know, a few details that were missing that you had to sort of um, figure out. So definitely a big challenge on the plan reading. I, I definitely recommend to anyone who does it to take your time and read the plans because once you once you understand it, you'll be sweet, but you just got to get to that stage where um, you know what's going on. Yeah, the good old measure twice, uh, cut once kind of scenario. Oh, I tell you what, I was measuring five times before I cut. Yeah, it's, smart, uh, smart move. It's the pressure, eh? Yeah, because... Yeah. Um, the, the amount of uh, materials they give you is only just enough to complete the job. So there's no, um, you know, no opportunity for um, stuff up. Yep. No, no waste. And uh, yeah, not, exactly. yeah, yeah. Not too much uh, liquid nails around to try and piece it back together. If you've done it wrong. <laughs> yeah. No bogging. <laughs> no bogging. Damn. Well, that's pretty cool. And so were you working on this pirate ship individually or is there a bunch of uh, apprentices all working on the same one? Yeah. So it was, um, Everyone had their own project to work on, um, their own pirate ship. It was about the size of a large couch, I guess you'd say. Yep. Um, and yeah, it was uh, like just like a little playground sort of pirate ship for, um, for young kids who uh, it was actually low decile schools it was donated to. Which Fantastic. Was, um, was really rewarding. They all came down on the day and they, were, uh, they each had a builder chair for. So 
Oh, yeah, that's cool. That was, a, that was a great event, yeah. So you didn't need to water test it afterwards? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure how well it float, to be honest. <laughs> like a rock, I just assume. Oh, look, congratulations, Jason. I think um, on your journey so far in the building industry, it sounds like you've achieved a lot already, not just in what you've achieved in Apprentice of the Year, but also your contribution to the team at Catalyst. And you know, it comes through very clearly your willingness to uh, you know, take the bull by the horns and really put the effort in and, and make things happen. I think it's uh, fantastic for the industry and you're a real role model. Congratulations. Well done. Oh, thank you very much. You're welcome. And, and Carl, for you, um, what's, the, what's the future? Of, of Catalyst, where are you guys headed? Will you be uh, taking on more apprentices in the future? Are you looking to send Jason down to Massey and maybe get him cloned like Dolly the Sheep or something? What's what's the plan? <laughs> yeah, that'd be ideal if we could. But um, yeah, I guess if you had asked me this question last year, it would have been an easy yes. answer. But I yes. guess with everything happening in this current environment, is yeah, I think I'll be looking at um, more apprentices. We've got. Obviously, Jason's just come out of his time, and then another one of ours, Ryan, who's just come out of his time as well. So then I've got another two, or one, and then potentially signing up another one. But I think, I guess we just got to see after this lockdown what the landscape's looking like and sure. then build it up. But yeah, I think company's sitting in a good spot. We've put in a lot of hard work to get to where we are. So and we've got a good team of guys on board that you know, we can move forward as a team and sort of, you know, go through it all together. So, but I, like I said earlier, I'm a firm believer in training up guys and giving back to the industry and especially the likes of Jason coming out of his time just recently and his experiences. And I guess say with Ryan just coming out, apprentices coming in, you know, they've got guys who have just been through it. So they've got a, a good sounding board to get well trained in the bookwork side of it if they need to as well. Yep. I oh, look, Carl, testament to you, the willingness to invest in your team members. And uh, I think you use the word you, that you were lucky to have a good team around you. I doubt there's been much luck involved. I'm sure it's been uh, a lot of hard work and investment on your side that's uh, created that, that team. So uh, well done to you and your willingness to give back and, and help develop the next generation of carpenters coming through. is fantastic. And if we can get even more of our Master Builders members to bring that kind of attitude and that kind of investment into the industry, uh, we'll continue to have a, a good bunch of tradesmen coming through and delivering great homes and great projects for the for the rest of New Zealand so thanks for your efforts you know as a company we're very proud of Jason and what he's done and um, you know especially as an industry moving forward you know we need guys like them coming through to sort of you know keep pushing us on because you know we've got a good background of tradesmen here that there's a lot of knowledge to be passed on and if we can share that knowledge then it's only beneficial to our industry and the homes we build so Mm. Oh, and, and look, I think uh, not only do we need more Jasons, but we need more Carls as well. The people that are willing to invest in their teams and uh, take on apprentices and help them grow and share that knowledge is really important for the uh, for the industry to thrive as well. So if we maybe take you both to uh, Massey and clone you both, I think that'd be pretty handy as well. <laughs> hey guys, thanks yeah. for uh, joining us on the uh, Master Builders podcast today. And thanks for uh, being so open and willing to share your experiences, um, not only in the competition, but also uh, building as well. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you. Cheers, Ron. Cheers. Have a good one. Take care. Enjoy lockdown. Cheers, mate. Take care. You too.